Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. I'm sorry, I forgot. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, and tonight is Talk Cosmos, and we're having a Moonbeam team. And it is October 3, 2020, and we're in Seattle, Washington, Pacific time. So our conversation of the new moon and the full moon will be based from our location. And for the very last week, we're having the repeat show on Thursday morning on October 9th, and that's 6 o'clock in the morning, Pacific time, but life is changing, and we have podcast one. Many people listen to it, and we welcome you to, if you missed part of this and tuned in, because we have this live at 1150 KKNW every Saturday night, but again, podcast one immediately has all of the replays, plus the fact that you can go to Top Cosmos where you can subscribe and you can find out about the guests and the schedule. We are talking about the new moon in Aries, but first it'll be, actually, I'm all mixed up. It'll be the full moon in Aries, thank you, which was two days ago, following in two weeks on the 16th, the Libra new moon. In a nutshell, I can say that the Aries full moon is breaking old ruts. But I will wait to give any more significance to this because we are ready for the Moonbeam team. Relating to the sun and moon's energies, including the planets and the entire cosmos for the month's systematic two-week intervals of the new moon and full moon, plus the annual four to five eclipses, this is your Moonbeam team. I'm Sue Rose Minahan host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly, stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Elizabeth Liz Machette, Certified Astrologer, Sacred Healing Counselor, Taroist and Numerologist, providing individual consultations, teaching and tutoring internationally, co-author of Gateways to Change, Keys to Navigating the Seas of Life, currently facilitating workshops in Marysville and Camino Island, Washington. And I'm Sarah Stromley, a craniosacral therapist and founder of Brain Body Therapy in Kirkland, Washington. I'm an evolutionary astrologer that incorporates different forms of horary, location mapping, and medical astrology into my practice. I enjoy uncovering flower and mineral frequencies that also support the mind-body coherence that aid in the healing journey. And as Albert Einstein said, energy Energy is is never destroyed. Energy only changes. Yes, indeed. And that is what we are trying to do with an Aries full moon 
that was October 1st, 2020, and here in Seattle at Pacific time was at 2.05 p.m. And it was nine degrees, Aries, in eight minutes, meaning it was in the first decade. So we begin this not just for the full moon or new moon, but as a total uh, synopsis, one might say, of what each of us might consider to be significant. And I will start off by saying these partnerships of self and other, the relationships that constitute all of life, are being purged and realigned, reconditioned, reconstructed so that we can have true mental connections. Da-da. Liz, what would you say? Well, the, the direction of the wind is changing. So to be stay flexible and start working on relationship issues, it's like, try to come let it come out in words or journaling or writing in a compassionate good way so that you can make changes and don't hurt people mm, a loving heart yeah this fiery moon theme this week you've seen it all playing out in very <laughs> historical ways um but mars is the ruler of this chart it's retrograde it is powerful and it, it can prevail in this situation, um, but the fact that it's retrograde, it, it wants strategy to get there. Wow, strategy, loving heart. Well, those are good motivations. And I think we're um, going forth of how to heal, heal these emotional wounds. You know, Chiron is conjunct. Chiron, the healer, the wounded healer that only found his mercy of, of his pain that he'd been inflicted with through death, actually, of the mortal soul, although that's how it was. And it's conjunct the moon of the emotions. So it's this awareness, isn't it, of the sun in Libra that's saying to us, heal these, this force of us, that of our identities, of how we can be okay with ourselves, being ourselves. Well, and being able to speak about it in a kind way to yourself and in a kind way to others because it's a past wound so it's not you're not in that moment but it's important to put a voice to it and not stuff it down i'm going to jump right into that because i love this the north notice in gemini gemini the communicator the connector and ruled by mercury and mercury in no-nonsense Scorpio, early Scorpio, is directly opposite Uranus that has been sitting in Taurus and will be, that's just now going retrograde, wanting to, to, to really think about the truth of how we connect to ourselves in those words. This is really a theme that could be reminded about all the time. I like it. Well, and it reminds me of the Ho'oponoono of looking at a picture and I've even written a person's name down because sometimes I haven't had a picture and um, it has a saying, but off of the top of my head, I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm sorry. Yes. It's like, so it's like, this would be a good time to do that 
you know, to just speak it out. You don't have to speak it to that person or where that wound came from. It could be a, a generational wound or a familiar wound that, you know, maybe it's not appropriate to even speak to the person, but to find some healing with that. It is goes back to what we said in our little mantra together, energy changes. It, it never gets destroyed. Never, yeah. yeah, but it can get re- Transformed or transformed, not retransformed, transformed. Yes, Sarah, you're thinking. I can see. <laughs> Always thinking, yeah. but I guess I, or maybe you were agreeing. Yes, about yeah. the energy. Yeah, I I really appreciate you pointing out the the Chiron was really involved heavily and immersed in this, and um, the Aries is about the self, and it's. Um, like, how do I play into this? And what's my contribution to this? How did we get here? <laughs> um, and I, yeah, it's just, it's just been really interesting because this, this Aries new moon, because it's kind of out of aspect with a lot of things. Um, it's, it, it really seeks to, you know, because it's such an outward fiery pioneering mm -hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just a full moon, yeah, but it's a outward energy that wants to engage and it wants to release and it wants to quickly take out frustrating situations and limitations, but it's felt like the target, it just can't get a lock on the target um, because it's just well, not quite there yet. And it, it, well, we are in this long process, speaking of moon anytime moon is a process we know as it goes through its phases that's indigenous you might say or indicative of its whole concept but I, i'm suddenly realizing too that mars is ahead in degree it's 24 degrees it is retrograde as we know and we might remind people we're in this middle period of a long two-month period i believe of this mars energy of our actions retracing our shadow time since i think it was september early september we were looking that up on the third and so the point is though it's cutting away isn't it it's cutting away at the moon you know it's going ahead it's ahead of the moon but it's still that moon chiron it's cutting away uh, separating us that's what mars and aries does it wants to reinvent and it needs to go forward and so it isn't a, a simple process not hardly not when you cut things away you can bleed a little bit figuratively speaking when it's so interesting how mercury um, we're in the shadow of it going retrograde and it goes retrograde on october 13th through november 3rd and in Seattle area that how the, the chiron and the moon are conjunct or t sitting together in the third house of Mercury ruled house of communication. The planet Mercury is sitting in the 10th house with Juno, um, how we partner. So it's like communication is like a big theme right now. And this chart speaks a lot about relationships and partnerships. Absolutely, because we might all remember, and I'll, I mean, I say this to my our audience as we thread these ideas, the sun of the ever giving light that our planets orbit is in Libra, which of course is relationships and Venus. And of course, our talk is about the whole climate of everything, but that's a real big thread, a reminder going back to. And here in Seattle, 
um, which is our natal chart is one degree early, I will say, Capricorn. And the geodetic, which is a, um, a based from Greenwich that goes around, is late 29 degree. Point is, is that right now we are very Capricornian focused, interestingly, as a city. And all of the Capricorn stellium, which are still very com uh, numerous. I mean, there's Saturn in, in at 25 degrees and Pluto at 22, Jupiter at 17, and then Pallas, which is not a, which is an asteroid. Yes. Yes. And um, at 14. But the point is, it's all in the first house. And Liz, you were talking about Boeing's. Oh yeah, because um, for the new moon or the full moon chart, the first house is self, but we're looking at it for the Seattle area. So with those Capricorn planets and the planets are visiting in Capricorn and Pluto's about transformation and Saturn's about businesses and, you know, what is a viable way to move forward. And so we heard this week that the Boeing Dreamliner is moving to South Carolina out of Everett, Washington. So that kind of goes in line with this full moon, um, even though I know from personal people that have told me there's been plans to move some of this stuff for a long time. So it didn't just happen. But um, so it's really interesting how you can use the chart for your area that you live in. Um, it's real interesting. Uranus is in the fourth house. And lately, I'll hear from people that I haven't heard from in a short, you know, maybe a month or two or even a few months. And, oh, guess what? I'm moving. It's like, so th there's a huge migration of people moving closer to family, moving for a job, moving because they need to take care of a family member. So it just emphasizes that change. And with the Capricorn in the first house, it's like cities, towns, this, this Northwest area here is going through um, a lot of deep transformational change. With, with Pluto as a transformational focus and then the belief systems of Jupiter and all of these aspects. I mean, we're just trying to show people many, many senses or aspects and dimensions of how this, the life that we're experiencing is occurring because transformation does take an enormous period of focus and time. It's not immediate. In fact, as we mentioned earlier, I did on another show in Seattle, it's very difficult to, to reserve a U-Haul. I mean, it is a big ex, ex, exodus. And I have read in Epoch, E-P-O-C-H, recently, that Seattle is one of the major large cities that is experiencing a huge exodus of people. And it's unusual, because usually in times of crisis, the cities resurge, whereas now this isn't quite the, the situation. It's because COVID is a, for families and schools and many situations. It could be for shipping, you know, shipping purposes too, that a lot of things are being tied up as well. But oh, for transportation, yeah. that's interesting, because that's yeah. the North Node. Yeah. Fascinating. That's and New York City's having the same issue of trying to be able to rent a U-Haul. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the cities that people are going to, according to this article, is Dallas, Austin, and I don't remember all the others. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But it's so true. Now, 
Well, the ascendant of this chart, the first house, is ruled. Um, it, we have Sagittarius, and um, it's 27 minutes, basically, and it's on the galactic center. And to me, Sagittarius is about our higher truth, higher learning, our belief systems. Um, and we're upgrading to new ones, possibly at this time. And um, 27 reduces down to a number nine, and nine's about finishing up, culminating, endings to begin anew. So that's kind of goes along with the transformation, regeneration to and to finish some things up to be prepared to start new things. It does again and again in a chart always continually replicate a theme in its many, many focuses, just like a house has many rooms. You know, you've got this usage and that use, but it's a house. How do you use it? Because there's so many senses of tension here. There's the cosmos that is tog represented by Neptune, a, a squaring, that means intention to the nodes. It's all mutable. And we're really oscillating between belief systems of, of where we're coming from and reconstructing them to our new neighborhoods. And that's indicative of moving. And then Mars, that engine that Sarah, you're mentioning, although we all are, is in this huge tension squaring to the Capricorn. Because back six months ago, if we look at the new moon, in Aries back on March 24th that was uh, at that time it was four degrees Aries and now this um, Aries full moon is nine degrees so there's a five degree difference but very close and of course the outer planets haven't moved much what was so interesting thinking about Mars was that Mars was conjunct that stellium in with Pluto and Jupiter in Capricorn. Thank you. Yeah. And Saturn that has now been retrograde, although recently, just recently since then, went direct, I think just a few days ago. On September 28th, Saturn yes. went direct. Which yeah. was quite, I think, a, a, quite an experience. But at that time, it was in zero degrees Aquarius, which all of these phases of new moons, full moons is one indication of how we're moving towards a future uh, event, aspect, cosmology. And that would be, because it's in cycles, would be when it's the 20-year cycle of Jupiter conjunction with Saturn, which will be at zero degrees Aquarius, just like it was when COVID started six months ago, as far as general population is concerned and and will be very significant as it is bringing in an 800 cycle which we'll over talk about in a few more contexts but for today at this moment looking back at that point six months ago mars is now square to saturn mm -hmm. is a transit whereas there it was conjunct and so yeah yeah and it's with um and Mars is conjunct Eris, who's, and Mars is landing on her issues of alienation, 
with this warrior planet that she is and with black moon lilith who's also big on equal she's the biggest equal rights advocate out there so um so these issues are starting to land and get more heated and that's very good because um, i was wondering okay like we know what aquarius represents as far as what we've experienced but we never quite know what it's going to be ahead we just surmise and what you're bringing up are issues that have been trauma because aquarius can be genius and it has networking and technology but because of its fast action it can have also trauma and which is this inequity of injustice is significant people yeah are, but it's it's raw it's primal it's it's willing to do whatever it takes yes whatever it takes so um yeah. And six months ago, they were asking us to stay at home around that time. I don't know the exact, yes. I don't remember the exact it date. Was, now, was. you know, like I said before, people are reevaluating, transforming what is home. You know, do I want to be at home it, where I live? Is that the place for me? So there's a lot of moving yeah, taking what place. What is home? What yes. does it suffice? I think that's why people are moving. And yeah. then, Sarah, you said about Eris being isolated or. Well, she's, she's the one that's been the alienated, alienated. one and that's her um that's been kind of her theme at least for us at this current particular time until we yeah. get to understand, you know, it under, more. understand it more yeah. e-r-i-s for those that might wonder because aries is a-r-i-s but airless e-r-i-s is the discontent or not discontent the disenfranchised yeah. um, one who really questions us what's the truth of what's what's it what's it all about Alfie? well it's like an isolation or a separation from work from friends from family where maybe when we weren't at stay at home rejected right stay at home it like changed everything now it's like okay now what do i want to do so it all fits and then the sun is in the ninth house of higher education philosophy um you know my belief system of like can i do something about this or do i just turn it over to a higher power and let the higher power take care of it because there's things we can do something about and there's things that we can't do anything well, about particularly with neptune squaring the nodes i think is getting in a, i'm glad you said that in alignment with the forces greater than us such as nature you know whether it's a storm or whether it's covid uh, in some sense until we get our fix-it business or verbal let's another point i wanted to make is you know mercury uh the planet of communication is also in an in a mars ruled sign and it's easy to understand and not surprising that we observed one of the ugliest presidential debates in history it's just it's kind of had this I think a lot of people have kind of felt um, and since this division on philosophical principles seems to be getting wider and scarier. Well, when you speak of that, because, well, and I will say when you say Mars world, it's in Scorpio, it's early Scorpio, which traditionally has been Mars. So, of course, that gets um, accepted and modern wise, it's Pluto 
they're both representative and they're at square with each other. So it's like the old and the new as far as Mar Mars, which is um, defends and initiates combat to, to separate and Pluto that transforms and looks for power or powerlessness. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're distinctly similar, but different. I mean, they're different too, in a sense. And here they are in great contrast, you know, and always with Aries that initiates and the whole natural horoscope. Capricorn is at the 10th degree, which is a cardinal sign. And they also say it's culminates, right? It's a culmination. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, what you initiate at when it gets to Capricorn is like, okay, now what's the structure of this? Is this structure holding? And that's what we're doing right now. We're looking at the structures and the conditioning. Do we want this? You know, what don't we want? I mean, hopefully it's, it's instinctual with fire signs. Hopefully it'll have some rationale of weeding it out and everything like that. Well, in October is a five month. So I would suggest that people stay flexible, um, expect things to be different and unexpected. There's twists and turns and it'll help you to put us on our right path. A five month, what do you mean by that? Well, cause October is a number one and then the year is a 2020 is a four. So you add the one and the four together and you come up with a five month. So universally, and five is change because yes. it is an odd number. Right? Yes, it's a, the middle number. It's like the yeah. It's, I mean, a lot of change. It's a big, mm -hmm, yeah. big deal for change because they each have their signification. Now that leads me nicely to say that we will return quickly because Liz Mouchette and Sarah Strongly This is October third as we review. Well, we have with the full moon, but we have the new moon to look at. And Liz will come up with the numerology, and she has co-authored this great book. I'll tell you about that later. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Libra, ruled duly by Venus. By leaving the lower hemisphere of the self, the energy of Libra enters the arena where the completed self meets the other-than-self to form a relationship based on partnership. As a cardinal air sign on the descendant angle, represented by the equinox of equal light, Libra's energy learns through comparison and relationships, with the intention to integrate duality and polarities. Welcome. This is Bear River, Usui Reiki Master and the astrologer of Psyche and Soul Astrology, you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk, 1150. Hello, Hawaii. We are back again. And this is the third. And just to correct, our repeat is on October 8th. Sorry, but... And we thank you for all that have been listening on October 8th. And we do hope that you will be happy going to Talk Cosmos or going to Talk Cosmos. The link is right there. 
So we are continuing. This is with Liz Bouchette and Sarah Stromley, both in Washington. This is in the Camino Island, Marysville area, and Sarah is in the Redmond area. Although everybody is online these days, that's really where we're all at. And I'm moving, but I'm still in Seattle. I'll be going to Kona, Kalua Kona. Oh, okay, and we'll talk into the microphone. We're sitting here all together up at Liz's. It's very nice in Camino Island. So the point is, how do we fit our belief system of the practical into the impractical? If we look at both of these charts, Neptune, the great cosmos of the unknown and of the collective, is squaring. That's 90 degrees both to the south and the north node, which is our these points, lunar points, of where we've come into with our belief systems, our religion, our ideas of how life is, and trying to get more communication and connections uh, between spirit and matter, get involved of our neighborhoods. In a nutshell, that's one way of looking at it. So Liz is a numerologist also. Well, both my guests have tremendous skills and Liz Coles authored Gateways of Change, Navigational Seas of Change. And Liz, tell us about the numbers, the, new, the numerology of these two charts. Well, on the full moon chart, we have ascended at 27 degrees. So that's a number nine and the sun and moon are at nine degrees. And so that's, you know, we're finishing, tying up loose ends, we're completing things so that we can start a new cycle at one to begin anew, which we're gonna have a new moon in a couple of weeks. So that's pretty exciting. And then for the month of October, um, October is one, and then you add that to the year, which 2020 is a four. So the one and four add up to a five. And so we have a five month of lots of change. Um, so, you know, my advice is stay flexible with the twists and turns and unexpected. And lots of times it puts us on the right path, even though we might not think so at the, the time. There's also um, fives can be about addiction. So like watch how much sweets you eat this month or how much potato chips with salt. It's just like, you know, maybe don't drink a whole bottle of wine, maybe just have a couple of glasses. It's like, you know, whatever the addiction could be. So, um, that's what I have to say on the full moon. And then um, uh, the new moon is at 24 degrees of Libra. So that two and four go to a six. So there's service to our family and friends. Celebrations, uh, we can oftentimes expect postponements, broken engagements. Uh, emotional whirlpool pearl, pools. Oh. And then there's lots of artistic pursuits, such as music and art, maybe redecorating, cleaning out things. Well, and it signifies with Libra, when you think of the artistic and the people, because it's all about relationship and, and beauty, there is that real signification of, of Venus and Libra of partnerships. It's the seventh house. And that will be October 16th here on the west coast at 12:31 p.m. pacific time and of course on the east coast it'll be 3:31 or if you're in hawaii it'll be 9:31 in the morning so for 
it is fascinating how the numbers do real support the astrology. You know, when you think of like you were saying, be care. We're in that same period from October first of the full moon in Aries. It's about self essentially. So watch ourself. Well, we do, but then later it's going to be about the connecting in relationships. Yes, numerology can be very complementary to astrology, along with other modalities also so yeah, which your book really signifies well thank you you're welcome thank you and sarah you come up with elixirs of fascination about <laughs> the the whole leap in this case at whether it be libra aries i don't know what you yeah. i uh, just what was telling us. yeah for this particular time there was um potato flower essence that was pulling and um yeah, potatoes flower is actually this beautiful five-pointed purple flower that has this wide central golden stamen that pokes out of it. And it, it grows from a climbing vine and the petals themselves just seem to bend itself forward. And it's in the nightshade family and the nightshades are controversial, you know, because they can be poisonous in raw states and very med powerfully medicinal in small homeopathic doses. Um, potato flower essence and the reasons I like this is because it promotes grounding it and greater dominion over all the all the senses that we have and it stimulates a sense of embodiment and vitality and the desire for movement when we can feel paralyzed, um, especially for those that have felt physically restricted. So a lot of times it's used for people that are pregnant or going through some type of physical limitation, um, but it aids with the perspective and seeing through more dimensions and realities and the ability to envision past current limitations. Wait, it sounds very Scorpionic, actually, because Mercury's in Scorpio, and the potato, I, I have that growing. It's a very nice fall plant because it's abundant, and it comes in different colors. I hadn't yeah. thought of, is this for like an essence, though, that would be like an oil? Yeah. So or, it's, it's not an oil, it's a, a water-based uh, flower oh. essence, so it's, it's energized. Yeah, it, it's it's a vibrational remedy, is what it is. That's so fascinating. So, I think all these. Yes, and I might say both Sarah and Liz really have complementary. They share other each other's um, abilities in other ways, but we're focusing on these two aspects to kind of augment how we see the moons, because moon is used. Through since this millennium, since the early dawn, how to grow, you know, when to grow, how to grow. So plants are essential. And 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 counting the moon and counting and everything, the numbers, they respond absolutely to this energy. If we look at this, so thank you, Sarah. Yeah. Thank you, Liz. Mm -hmm. I'm going to the chart. Now, this is the new moon that is... Aries cut the way through so that we could realign, figure out our belief system. It's intense. If nothing else, 
I say that it wants to reconstruct intense commitments. That's reconstruct intense commitments to me is not just a mouthful. It's, it's a lot of energy and it seems on a daily basis, my own experience. And I think for those people that have been around, each of us are confronting this or experiencing and making decisions because leaders also decisions so often how we're aligning that our, it's a, much of it gets back to the mental process, but there's also this instinctive and emotional process that is just relentless, really. Now, throughout that, Sarah, I'm going to ask you to talk about Spica a little bit because it is 23 degrees, and as we know, and you had brought up in an yeah. earlier conversation, isn't that Spica? That's yeah, Spica is... Spica. Spike is the brightest, it's considered to be one of the most luckiest and brightest stars that we have in the sky. Um, the ancients always perceived this as something that would bring favor and um, prominence to those that are favorably aspects, and they, they did worship that in that way. And the fact that this this lunatation being a, a new moon in Libra is exactly conjunct that. It, it seems like it really helps aid the... It's like a friend in need is a friend yes, indeed. Yes, it definitely <laughs> <We'll take> finds, <laughs> um, It definitely promotes uh, that partnership and that partnering with the right people in the right situations. It's also associated with the harvest, you know, just for those in the Northern hemisphere and those themes of, you know, reaping what we sow. That um, was a fascinating way of looking at it because it is the sheath of, of, of the grain that's in the Virgo constellation of yeah. harvest and success and growth. But the fact that it's especially lucky for those that have been productive and productive and working towards yeah. whatever needs to be, what needs to come through. And it also, it, 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 it works, I won't say it works against, but it, it loves arts and sciences, but it does not like the unscrupulous or the unfruitfulness or injustice to innocence. So it really has... In a sense, it, it works very closely with Aries that wants to defend. So it has a, what's a productiveness for the multitudes. Yes. It's very, um, um, a benef not a benefactor, but a be benevolence. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. And the fact that it is, and kind of repeating back to what you brought up earlier, it, this lunatation is trying the south node in Gemini. And for those in the Pacific Northwest and more emphasis around Seattle. North Node. Yeah, the North Node, I meant. The North yeah. Node is trying uh, that limitation in Libra, 23 degrees, is trying that uh, North Node as well as the Descendant in Gemini, which is ruled by Mercury. And it seems that it, it has, uh, it could be very fortuitous for those that are looking to bring these polarized positions into, in, context. into con yeah 
bring them back to the table. Mercury in Scorpio is just phenomenal at finding and uncovering secrets. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It digs it. Well, and it, it finds, you know, what is no most, nonsense. What is your precious? What is oh. most precious to you? And how can we use this to uh, our advantage? So it could be bringing two polarized sides back to the negotiating table to to work out these differences that are so prominent right now. Mercury is doing a lot of work too with the Venus uh, that's moved from the new moon, the full moon, where it was in Leo. And not going into that factor right here, but it's now in Virgo, will be in Virgo. So we're, it's a mental um, assessment, helping in that sense of how to discern and whatnot. So Mercury is working on a lot of our mental capacities, working on a lot and of front. That, that Mars is really, really hot. And that Saturn stationary in, in Capricorn is really, really cold and dry. So like, hmm, how can oh. we find a nice warm medium here? Well, now... <laughs> Liz, you are bringing out, yeah, and I say bringing out because people are saying when. Well, we have a little pre-conversation, kind of edit ourselves, and so I am remembering this. And Liz was reminding that Pluto is going to go direct, I think, in October. Tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. Tomorrow. Okay. Bring it, bring it home. <laughs> so, you know, we had Saturn less than a week ago, and so when the outer planets go stationary direct or stationary retrograde for at least a week before and a week after yeah. it's yeah. pretty intense energy so yes. we're on the week after saturn's direct and pluto has been at the week pre going direct so it's pretty intense energy and for the seattle chart it's in the first house again we have another sagittarius rising chart so you know with the events of the moons it's emphasizing that sagittarian energy of philosophy and truth and it's in the first house of how can we transform and still stay in our truth be true to ourselves and then it's the new moon is in the 10th house and it's like okay in that 10th house it's like it's a new moon so it's like we concede new energy with our wishes and desires on the new moon but how do i want to be seen different am i looking for a different job am i looking again like people have been relocating so maybe they're working from home maybe they're looking for a new job partnerships. What partnerships? New, right part is still emphasizing the partnership so but it's you know am i getting a new position at work am i starting some new projects the ascendant degree here add them together and you come up with a one. So it's like reinforcing that, that nine from the full moon of completing things. Now we come to a new moon and now we have a one to start seeding things. It's like, what are we going to seed? And just because you plant it on a day doesn't mean that tomorrow or three days later. The roots need to grow. Right. I mean, sometimes it can go that fast, but not always. Generally it takes a little while. So it's, it, this is really exciting to me. Um, you know, it's amazing. And the nodes are square, the south node in Sagittarius and the north node in Gemini are squares to the sun and moon in Libra and Mars 
in Eris and Black Moon Lilith in Aries. So we have a grand square going on of some tension, but that just means we have to work on things. Wouldn't the, oh, wait, oh, I said wait, it wrong. Yeah, say that again, because you're looking at two things. Yeah. Yes, go ahead. Okay, so sorry about that. The nodes in Sagittarius and Gemini are square to Venus and Virgo and Neptune and Pisces. Thank you, Sue, for No, that's okay. But the fact is, you, you like mm -hmm. many times I'll come up with a new word up because two words jam in together and it comes out. And there is it is a kaleidoscope of many aspects mm -hmm. and so one is mutable and that is the nodes where we're coming from which is so strongly aligned with that ascendant at least here on the west coast where is our entry point it's like where we're coming from is really major but other people are bringing in new information and then we have that with our values and our sense of survival which venus represents and we're analyzing along with the cosmos, thank you, of represented by Neptune in Pisces. But since we're talking about the new moon, which is a every 28 day cycle, and is in Libra later, 23 degrees, 53, you know, on that spica, fixed star energy that we brought up, it's opposing Mars. Yes, and Eris. And it's in a T-square with, so now we have our eagle, just for a loose way, our will, our, our the sun energy, uh, along with our emotional moon energy, which is a, as an embodiment together, in attention of looking at what our actions are, how are we going to separate, and, and between that, how do we work with our conditions our regulations our rules our 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 structures of life in all these forms which are represented by jupiter that's a one-year cycle in saturn that will that's moving forward both saturn and saturn is leaving its two and a half year cycle and those two are marching ahead to december so we're going through a lot of transformation of our partnerships with Libra. So when you said that, it, you really brought in a, a mouthful. It's There's a lot there. Well, and make sure you do your intentions, wishes, or desires on this new moon because, yes, they it will require some work with that grand cross and the T-square, but make your wishes and desires, either write them down or um, paint something that represents them because I, with some work, that you will manifest them easily. And Spica's there. Yes. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Get a boost yeah. from Spica. <laughs> yeah, and what you're bringing up too, I remember looking at you, Sarah West, or maybe whoever it was at this point. But the fact that the North Node is in Gemini, I think the idea when you say write it down, make for, because why are words, words, Gemini words, you know, when it's the written word, it's a form, it's been formed from the universe and a concept into this tool, and it helps manifest. So I think the idea that you're bringing up to do a vision board or do just journaling or some kind of a intention, wishes, is always valuable. But particularly as this time with the North Node in Gemini, you know, in this access that we're having. Well, and I would make the intentions without the how or the why, because oh yes, lots of times we'll think, oh well, I need a hundred thousand dollars to do X. Well, oh yes don't even put that in there it's just like what your intention is is be clear on that and then 
the, the rest results. can take care of itself because yeah. maybe 10 other people have the same idea and they want to do it with you. So that would be $10,000 each instead of $100,000 for one person. Oh, in other words, yes, I think this is excellent because really, and it goes along with Neptune. That's also part of this, of that mutable uh, um, grand square. By grand square, we mean that every 90 degrees is some action points that want to get resolved. And so there it is, the cosmos, because if we're in partnership with the cosmos, we do as much as we can do and we create it. But then we're sensitive to how things are happening that comes to us that we attract that come in our way and we accept or we, we realign ourselves and realize it it could come to us in a different way than we our little our mortal brain is is capable of understanding exactly because don't block what wants to come or manifest yes be open receptive through thick and thin yes it is interesting to note that mercury is you know the ruler of this new moon mercury's opposed neptune and Neptune is opposed to the Ascendant. No, Mercury is opposing Uranus, isn't it? Am I mixed up? No. Uh, or yes. not Mercury, Venus. Venus, okay. Venus, Venus is, is opposing, is opposing Neptune. Neptune. Okay, sorry. And squaring the Ascendant. So um, that can be, you know, just some difficulty with really setting... You know, it's challenges with setting the right boundaries and discernment, and um, well, it is a yes, and that that supports the idea that we're not in total control. Yeah, understanding that, and I think that's a large message of astrology from my aspect. You know, I've listened to astrologers and saying by itself, astrology is not spiritual, which of course nothing has to be. But yet, really looking at these greater forces through this lens of amazing reflection through what we can see and understanding greater, part of it is really accepting there are energies beyond our, our understanding at, the, at, you know, at whatever point that we can begin to perceive signs and understand it. But there is this, this sense that... Uh, working collaboratively. Yeah. Yeah, with, with society. So we just Which, don't want to, you know, there's a, a very pure theme with Venus in Virgo that's very conscientious and, you know, has some very chaste views in, of what's pure, what's right, um, what's perfect. Oh, yeah. And... Sometimes it's healthy to get that a little bit diluted um, to distill that down into mm. something that can work. I see. Over the long term. Good clarity there. Yes. Just a quick mention. Next week on the 10th of October will be the Cosmic Collaboration. And we'll be talking about... Oh, we'll be talking about a solar arc point which might seem abstract but pluto will be has entered libra and we will talk about that because for the usa 
I said that a little backwards. I'm sorry. I'm trying to shift, sift it out quickly, but it could have emphasis. It happens about eight times already in our history, but it's significant. It happens every 30 years, but that's what we'll be talking about. And tonight I am talking with the Moonbeam team that Sarah Stromley and Liz Mouchette. Tonight is October 3rd. You can hear these repeats at Podcast One or else go to Talk Cosmos. We have about our guests there. You can contact them and see the schedule. And there's a few other little good links. And there's always the link to Podcast One. And subscribe if you would like. We'd be glad to let you know on our monthly basis when we return. So we have a few minutes and we're talking about summarizing now with the Libra new moon that will happen on October 16th. That's at 12.31 p.m. in Seattle or 3.31 on the East Coast and 3.31 a.m. in the morning in Hawaii. Just to give a few um, grounding points of that. And it is in alignment with a fixed star and it's because it's at such a distance, it doesn't seem to move. And that spica, it has abundance because it relates to grain of growth. And Venus is also trying Jupiter. Aha. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Jupiter wants to expand whatever it touches. And... Um, and when it's in an earthy sign, well, those both are in earthy signs that really want to make things happen on a material plane and see it in form and structure in very practical ways, I'd say. We need these connecting forces because there is a little help there. Yeah, I think Venus is so important. It's also the ruler of Uranus because it's in Taurus there. So getting to our authentic values, that's a very important point to remember that um, analyzing this has. So make sure you do your desires and wishes because they will come to pass. It's like you might not have the full picture. They'll have to have some transformation or changing of what you put down, but it's, it'll come together. And But there's going to be a little bit of shift from what it is. So don't think it's going to be exactly what you write down. It's like leave room for it to be better. How's that? Yeah, well, <laughs> the universe. Oh, that's good. And besides, if you do this on a monthly basis, it begins to reconfirm. Uh, this energy, you know, the energy and you begin to talk more with each other. Well, we have just a few seconds left. I'd like to check. I'm so grateful to all of you. We thank you very much. I look forward to connecting on a basis always. Moonbeam team will be back on Halloween, by the way. You can listen to us then. Yeah. <laughs> we look forward to seeing you there. Yeah. Who knows what months to bring. It's only a few weeks, but hey, tomorrow we all close direct. Yeah. Hip, wow. hip, hooray. <laughs> we can make those dreams. Hey, and you can also do your wishes and dreams after the 16th, right? Yes. That's yes. it. So do it just a little bit after because then it really connects. You can think about it now, but the motion will happen. 
Yeah, and okay. I, I like Liz's suggestion to leave it open. I, I like adding, you know, whatever I wish. Okay. Or something better. <laughs> I like Let's that. talk to you again. Good night. See you next Good time. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.